Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. We've been um, progressing through this chapter slowly. I'm not in a hurry because I really want to, I want to get as much as I can out of these verses. And um, I, I pray that it's not the volume of what you know, it's the quality. Amen. And, the, you know, that's why I always believe just one word from God can make a difference in your life. But you need to have that word revealed to you. And uh, a revealed word is so much better than just knowing the Bible cover to cover. I know some people that read the Bible and they just read it from, you know, cover to cover. And they say, well, I've read the Bible three times this year. doesn't look like it. <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and there's a big difference uh, between reading and having head knowledge and having heart revelation knowledge, what I call. Amen? Because that's what moves mountains. We, um, we were looking... In chapter 4, at verse 5 last week, I'm just going to jump straight into it. Um, Actually, you know what? Let me just go back to verse 4, where he said, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. He progresses on to say, then he says, They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. Now, this is really key. Um, it, It seems like there isn't a lot here, but... When you really understand what this is saying, it will help you to understand why sometimes you feel kind of uh, an outball out, you know, Uh, (laughs) and people don't seem to understand what you're saying, why you're saying it, the kind of attitudes that you have. Amen. See, we have promises that we stand on. We were singing that today. Did you all listen to what you were singing? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, these are not just words. These are scriptures. You know, that's why I so appreciate what, you know, the songs that we have in full life, because they are scripture in music. And they're not just stuff that somebody, you know, just made up. Christina, you know, for example, and I know they all do, they all sit down and write notes as I'm preaching. (laughs) Amen. So what's coming, what's coming through? No, you do too. You know, what's coming through is revelation. They receive revelations from God, praise God, and, you know, they put it to music. And so we can sing songs over and over again in a meditative way. You know, that is the best way to meditate the Word of God. You just have a song going off in you. And it goes around and around. And I hope to God one day it just goes boom. It's no longer just a song. In fact, I know some people, you know, they're going through a rough time and they say a song comes up. One of these songs, amen, and it begins to minister to them. And that's what it's there for. Hallelujah. We have all of that. The world doesn't. And I want you to understand, and we we looked at this last week, and let me just get back to where we were last week. Let me just read a few things out. Firstly, the use of the word world is significant. I, I mentioned this before. Because unlike elsewhere in this epistle, where it has the general meaning of, you know, the place of human life, here it means a world full of people who are hostile to God. So we're not just talking about the world in general, but we're talking about a very specific group of people in the world and the system that is in this world. You know, Satan is the God of the world system. Amen? And uh, so much of it. And, you know, the thing was that Jesus came to bring in the kingdom of God, and those systems should have been overturned by now. Now let me make a statement here right now, okay? We are not under that system. Can I, can I rephrase something? We are 
in this world, we might be in the system, but we're not of the system. The system doesn't have any power over us unless we give it permission to have power over us. And the only way that we allow it to have power over us is if we don't take up what God has said belongs to us. Are you all with me? In the face of nothing over here, then we fall back to everything over here. Over on this side is God's promises. Over on this side is the world. Amen. And I think sometimes we take more advantage of what the world has rather than what God has. You know, because it's easier. In, in some cases, it's just easier. Except it doesn't work for everything. And it doesn't make God happy. <laughs> you know, God put everything for us in this earth. But he didn't put it here for us to be lazy. Amen. Just to keep us alive long enough so we can get to the other side. Can I say it that way? Amen. <laughs> All right. Let me move on. I'm, I'm meddling too much now. All right. Uh, secondly, <clears throat> the, the word hears really means to understand. It is not just hearing with the ear, but actually comprehending what is being said. Meaning that the Apostle John is saying here that when the world speaks, the people in it fully understand and generally agree with what is being said. I, I said generally. Not everybody <laughs> agrees with everything going on. Okay, but I'm talking in terms of if they say something, the world seems to understand what they're saying. Are you all here? You may not sometimes, you know, because we, our heart and our mind is toward God and his word. The world's heart and mind is toward whatever is going on, the news, you know. Um, and as much as, you know, we want to keep up to date with things, we must not let that influence us. I've said this before. Watch the news so that you can influence what's going on. You are not a victim of what is going on. You are one of those people that have been placed in this earth to change what is going on. So keep, you know, of course, uh, you know, keep up to date with what's going on so you know how to pray. And pray in faith. Don't pray, dear God, please don't let that come close to me. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be out there when we go somewhere that healing anointing should be flowing amen and they should do like what they did to Jesus everybody's pressing to get to you amen because that's where the power is and we need to get to that place I know we're not there yet but if I don't minister this nobody will, you know, nobody will aim for it alright accordingly William McDonald writes this reminds us that the approval of the world is not a test as to the truthfulness of one's teachings. If a man simply wants to be popular, all he needs to do is speak as the world speaks. Now, let me just stop here for a second. We, we left off at this, this verse, or excuse me, this quote. It is so important that we don't look to see how to bring a crowd as far as popularity goes. We want to bring it in because... See, you know Jesus never looked for crowds. Did you know that? He just ministered the word and they came to him. Amen. Now, the difference between him and me at the moment is he healed everybody. So everybody came. <laughs> okay. All right. And, you know, I, I said to the Lord, that's the only way I want to grow. I don't want to grow through advertising and everything else. I want to grow doing what God told us to do. Amen. And, you know, I think it's more important that we are popular with God than with people. I honestly believe that. Amen. 
Now, let me continue. I'm, I said that because there are things out there, churches and ministers out there that appeal to people. They talk their language. And I know there is a certain amount of, I understand the wisdom in that to a point, you know, so that people can understand what you're, and I try to do that as well. I know Pastor Verity helped me with that a lot. She said, you know, a lot of your stuff, see, in a good way, okay, in a good way. She, she, and, and I've learned from this. You know, she said, don't make things too biblical because people don't know what you're talking about. In the sense of titling things. Because I'd title something straight from a verse. And if you didn't know that verse, you don't know what I'm talking about. And most Christians don't know that verse. I'm not talking about the world. <laughs> Even the Christians don't know, you know. And so, you know, I try to keep my, you know, my titles a bit more contemporary now, uh, you know, rather than from the verse, from an explanation in the verse. But, uh, you know, I'm not talking about, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that, that appeal to the world. They speak the world's language because that's kind of where they are. And we have to be careful that in trying to relate to the world, we don't become like the world. Amen. Amen. You know, it's interesting, Jesus. Do you know what's, what was interesting about him? The Pharisees spoke a certain language. All right. Let me just share something with you here. They spoke a certain language where, where people couldn't understand what they were on about half the time. All right. Jesus came along and did something really interesting. He didn't dilute anything. He just made it so that people could understand what he was saying. So he would, he would you know, lay down a truth and then he would say, Okay, let me get this truth across to you. Look at the birds, you know, look at the grass of the field. You know, somebody once went off on a trip and, <laughs> you know, and they go, oh yeah, okay, I get that. And so he didn't, he didn't water down the word, he just made it clear. I always, you know, I've found this to be true, that the smarter you are, the simpler things become. You don't have to speak the, words, the world's language. All you need to do is be simple and be clear. And they'll get it. And that's what I try to do with you guys here. You know, I, I'm not so much into, you know, going into the verses. In the, I, I'll get to the original and bring out the things. You, you don't know how much stuff I don't give you. <laughs> okay? Stuff that will curl your noodle. Things that you'll just go, who cares? Yeah, some theologian cares, but we don't care. We want to know, how does this thing work, actually? <laughs> okay? Well, how does, you know, knowing the important, you know, knowing what that word means in Greek, how does that help me? That's always what I'm looking for. Now, let's get back to this. So, <laughs> I just want to share that with you only because, I'm, you know, what I bring to you and what I try to bring across to you is clarity. I never water down the word. I just bring, I'm, I'm hoping anyway that I bring clarity into your life. Because only through clarity will come revelation. Amen. Amen. Okay, that's my job. All right. So, getting back to this, he says again, if a man simply wants to be popular, all he needs to do is speak, the uh, speak as the world speaks. But if he wants to be faithful, or if he is to be faithful to God, then he must face the disapproval of the world. That's a hard thing for a lot of people. People don't want that, you know, disapproval. Can I put it another way? They don't like rejection. You know, they <laughs> very few preachers can handle rejection. Listen to me. I think a lot of people, a lot of preachers shouldn't be in the pulpit because they're looking for approval from people 
more than God. Because they can't handle rejection. Amen. And you know what? We need to learn that, listen, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. They may reject you right now, but it is the lifestyle. It's the thing that they don't like at the end of the day is what's going to help them get out of trouble. Isn't that interesting? What do you call that? That's a, anyway, there's a word for it. You be what God called you to be. You stay committed to God. Even if you look a little, you know, squirrely, stay that way, okay? Because that's your connection to God. And when the time comes, that's what they'll be looking for. Hallelujah. All right. Remember again, we went to 1 John chapter 2, speaking about the world, the disapproval, verses 15 through 17. I read this to you last week, and I said we'll get on to it today. Where the Apostle John said again, and I said, you, you, hopefully you would see this in a, in a greater light now. This is back in chapter 2. We're in chapter 4 now, okay? <laughs> All right? This is back in chapter 2. We read this, but I believe that you'll have a greater revelation now that you have a greater understanding. When the Apostle John says, do not love the world. Do you understand why now he says, don't love the world? He didn't say, don't associate with it. He said, don't love it. Yeah, the... We have to associate with the world if we want to get them saved and bring them in. But we have to be careful in associating with them. We don't fall in love with the things that they do. And specifically what the Apostle John is going to be talking about. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. So don't just, don't only not love the world, but don't get attached to the things in the world. And I mean, your heart gets attached to them. I was listening to a minister relate an incident that happened while he was, you know, sitting and, and somebody was getting a revelation about something. And somebody offered this other minister this, um, you know, this brand new car. And how, you know, his wife just, it was talking about, you know, we're in Christ and we're heirs in Christ. And that everything that belongs to Christ belongs to us as well. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. And so how she, you know, because the husband got it, the wife jumped up and she was like, woohoo, and dancing on the stage, you know, because the husband got this brand new car and it was amazing and everything else. I don't mind all of that. But what concerned me a little bit, <laughs> okay, was why was she wanting that? Why was he wanting that? I mean, it was a very expensive thing. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I don't mind you having expensive things. But careful what you fall in love with. It's okay to look at something, appreciate its value, and say thank you. And be willing to give it away the next day. Hello. Did I drop it on you? Okay. <laughs> All right. You see what I'm trying to say? That kind of reaction won't give it away. That kind of reaction is, whoa, it's mine and nobody's going to get it. Hallelujah. Don't put those two in the same statement. Amen. <laughs> okay. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? I have nothing again. I want you. Remember the Bible says that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. But be careful that the just don't fall in love with it. Amen. Anyway, never mind. Okay. <laughs> I, I want you to have everything. Okay. If you have it, the devil doesn't have it. Just don't fall in love with it. Okay. All right. So. <clears throat> He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, he says, the love of the Father is not in him. I want you to see that that is so powerful. He says, if your heart is out in that area, 
in the world, then your heart is not with God. You can't have a divided heart. Are you all with me? Either you love God or you love the things in the world and the world. And you need to be careful that you... I told you, it's not about like, it's about love. And he goes on to say, for all that is in the world. I'm in verse 16 now. He says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. I really want you to understand something here. All the things that your flesh lusts after. Do you understand the word lust? Oh, that's a dirty word. No, no, no. That's, that means a strong desire. Okay, <laughs> that's all it means. So, okay, don't, don't do the spitty thing. All right? It's a strong desire. You get, we are meant to lust after God. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Can, can I say it that way and redeem that word? All right? We're meant to have strong desire for God. In the face of all kinds of opposition or, or temptation, if our lust is for God, we won't lust after anything else. Amen. And he says, look at the way your heart gets divided out in the world. It says the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's interesting, the, 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 the progression there, okay? Because it starts with you wanting things. You've got to have this thing and that thing and everything, okay? And then, you know, you start looking at things. You know, not only does your flesh want things, but your eyes begin to, you know, look and see what else is there. Like somebody said, how much is it enough? Somebody else said, why? How much is there? <laughs> Sometimes it's never enough. We just keep going and go. If there's something else, we want that as well. And we need to be careful. The lust of the eyes actually, the lust of the flesh talks about the flesh, okay? But the lust of the eyes is talking about your imagination as well. It's things that are going on inside of your mind. It's things that you're saying, oh, if only I could have this or I could have that, I'll be happy. You need to be careful because what comes after all of that is the pride of life. You push yourself, you get there, and you can sing, I did it my way, and I'm going to hell. No. <laughs> I'm just adding that bit. But that's what happens when you do it your way. You know, because those people say, well, I don't need God. That's just a crutch, man. And they, so they do whatever it takes to get there. Do you know why? Because they're lusting after it. It's not just a goal, it's a lust. Do you understand the difference? You can have goals, but if you're lusting after something, then we have to be really careful because you are going to step on anything and everyone to get what you want. Okay? I think you all got it. Verse 17. And that's why he says, back in verse 16, he says, all of this is not of the Father, but is of the world. Do you know why it's not of the Father? Because God is love. Amen? Amen. Verse 17, he says, And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. Do you see that? Everything in this world one day will be gone. And so all the things that you strongly desired won't be there anymore. Amen? But watch this. But he who does the will of God abides forever. In other words, if you set your heart to God and you stick with those things, that will go on forever. Do you know why? Because God is forever and you, sweetheart, are forever. Hallelujah. You will live throughout eternity. That's an incredible thought for beings that are here only for a short time. You know, we, we can't really grasp eternity because we, all, we have this this time set over us. We have a ceiling. 
And we know once we get to that spot, well, that's kind of it, <laughs> you know. So everybody is trying to get everything done before they hit that. And not many people are, are, are really looking to pass that. To, yeah. Okay. <laughs> to the point, past it. Let me put it that way, <laughs> okay, because I could have two meanings. All right. That they don't understand that we should be doing things here, you know, just in the way that people say, uh, let, me, let me give it to you this way. Just in the way that people say, well, I want to retire at a certain age and have this much money and whatever, whatever. Do you know what as Christians we should be doing? I want to go into glory this way. An abundant entrance. And so I'm going to do everything. All, all down here isn't so I can stop working. All of down here is my preparation for what's coming. If you do it that way, you will change the way you look at things. And you won't be looking, listen, you won't be looking to make provisions for yourself for later on. You'll be looking constantly for how you can help right now so that when you go into glory, Jesus can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over the little things. Come on, let me show you what I have prepared for you. Let me make you ruler over much. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, moving on. In fact, everyone who is not born of God and does not know God has what the world says as the source and origin of their thinking, values, and actions. Did you get that? Let me reread it again. <laughs> everyone who is not born, of, born from above, not born of God, okay, and does not know God. Did you get those two things? Okay, it's really important that you catch both of those things. You're not born of God, and for those that are not born of God, and don't know God. All right, okay. Now, they have, okay, has what the world says, which is influenced by Satan, by the way, as the source and origin of their thinking. As the source and origin of their values. As the source and origin of their actions. Did you, did you get that now? So no wonder you're having trouble with them, okay? Because their source is different to your source. You are led by the Spirit. They, they say, oh my God, and you go, yes, I know him. Why? <laughs> okay? They're panicking. You're resting. They freak out. You stand, having done all to stand, in confidence. That greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Family, I'm preaching this to you right now because you need this right now. Because there's stuff going around. People are going crazy in the supermarkets. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, I won't make any more mention than that. All right. And it's nuts. You know, you, listen, one of the things that we learn from the word is whatever you prepare for, you get it. Hey, man, you want it, you can have it. <laughs> hey, man, can I just say, can we take a stand of faith for some things? Please. You know, <laughs> grain of mustard seed, just a tiny bit of faith, and mountains will begin to move. Amen. Do what you have to do, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. In his commentary, Colin G. Cruz says that when they speak, they speak from the viewpoint of the world. Because they're teaching about the person of Christ. Listen to this, this is very important. The person of Christ is shaped not by the original gospel message, 
but by worldly, albeit religious and philosophical, categories. Okay. And the world listens to them because their teaching is shaped by worldly categories and is therefore acceptable to those of the world. In other words, you know, they will preach whatever is popular right now. Whatever everybody says, oh yeah, we have the science now to prove that. So yeah, okay, so that's okay. You know, for a long time they didn't believe in Noah's Ark or any of that stuff. And they said it wouldn't float and everything else. Now, now those that, you know, understand engineering and, and all that stuff, they say, oh, we understand why it was built that way. Because every time, every time something hit it, it turned into whatever was coming at it. Which is what you do. You turn a ship into something because if you're this way, you'll flip over. You all with me? That's basics, okay. How to, how to uh, 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 pilot a ship 101. Okay, you always go into it because the front can take it. Sideways, you're done for, <laughs> okay? Isn't it interesting? Now we go, oh, maybe that's okay then. Maybe that's true. Maybe God did know what he was talking about. Duh. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Listen, you know, it's not us thinking, well, you know, God's so behind, blah, blah, blah. It's God going, are they ever going to get it? I mean, how many years? 6,000 years. They're still getting, not getting it. Hello? Some, oh, of course, there are scientists that are getting it. They are seeing the light and God showing them more. Hallelujah. Which is very exciting. I won't go down there. Okay, so back to this. This explains why it is so difficult to minister to the world if their hearts, listen, haven't been first prepared by someone praying for them. Do you understand why prayer is so important now? These verses tell us what the problem is. That's why I said there's something really important here that you need to get. Because so much time we just want to go out there, have cups of coffee and try to get people saved. No, I'm just saying, okay? Listen, it starts in prayer. It starts by binding whatever spirits are influencing them. Amen. It begins by you praying that God prepare their heart so that they are ready to receive something that maybe they can't understand, but they have a sense of maybe this is right. Maybe this is what I've been looking for. And they don't have some demonic spirit saying, this is all not good. I was trying to use another word. Okay, <laughs> all right. Just move on. You don't need to hear any of this stuff. They're religious nuts. That's how you lose people. You don't bind that stuff. They'll just, and you know, all you're doing is wasting their time and your time. Amen? This isn't about argument. This is about something being confirmed in somebody's heart. And ask God how to do that. He will show you how to bring things in in a very natural way. And don't think, listen, don't think that you have to stay on that topic for the rest of the day. You can move from it. God won't be going, oh, what? You move from, why? Like, <laughs> will not be what happened. It is about planting seeds, not planting a whole tree. Can I say it again? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, some people, witness to people, they preach the whole Old Testament and New Testament maps, index, everything. And then they wonder how come they didn't get saved. You try to put a whole tree in there. Don't do that. It's about seeds. You know, even Jesus, the way he talked to people, he would drop something and walk off. There were times when he just, you know why? Because it's better for somebody to think about something. You might say, well, when did that happen? You know, remember that? 
<laughs> when he was talking about the different grounds. And he said something, and the disciples came after and said, we didn't quite get what you meant. That was the point. I needed you to come back and talk to me so I could explain, because now you're listening. Now you have a desire, a thirst to know something. It's very hard to fill a cup that's already full. Amen? In wanting to know something, you empty yourself and go, I need to know this. And then you'll hear every single word. But if you're thinking, if you're sitting there thinking, when is this going to end? You're not hearing anything. Amen. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> so I said again here, this is why, or this explains why it is so difficult to minister to the world if their hearts haven't been first prepared by someone praying for them before they meet you. And why the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness. Listen to those who are perishing. You really need to get that revelation. The message of the cross, the thing that is most important to you, is foolishness to them. The thing that you always run to is the furthest thing from their mind. Amen. You know, we look at the cross and say, thank you God for paying the price. So that I can walk in victory. And in fact, I insist on walking in victory because of the cross. Because somebody paid for, for my victory with their life. And so if something comes to defeat me, I will not let it just to honor him. Amen. That should be what rises up on the inside of us and say, no. That's it. Anything more? No. <laughs> no means no. You know what I'm going to say? When you say no, it should be, that's the end. I will not allow this to, you know, to come on me, overtake me, whatever. And I don't care what the circumstances look like. We need to allow this to rise up and attack whatever is coming at us. Not just defend against it. Did, did you get what I just said? I feel like we're so, too defensive sometimes. We don't go on the attack. And that's why the devil's going, okay, they got their defenses up, let's try to find another way in. If you go on the attack, now he's running. He's not circling you trying to find another way in. There's another revelation. Anyway, okay. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> let me read that again. So he says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I, I really like when it says who are being saved. It's not talking about us, you know, continually in a process of getting born again. That's not what it's talking about. Being, the word being saved means as we're walking more and more in the things of God. We are already saved. We are already new creations. Now we are walking in uh, financial prosperity, in more peace, in more grace, in more mercy, hello, in more love, in more healing. Do you understand? That's the being saved part. Okay, we are constantly, it didn't stop when we got saved, saved. That salvation is continuing in us because we need salvation in so many areas of our life. Are you all with me? And that's why we need to continue on in those areas. Believe God for them because he has already put your name on all the things that you have asked him for. He's not slow in getting things to you. We are slow in receiving. Let me say that and move on. Okay. He goes on to uh, further explain in the next chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where he says in verse 14, 1 Corinthians 2.14, he says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. 
nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So this gives you another hint why there's a problem. Not only is it foolishness to them, but the thing is they can't see because they're not spiritually alive. You might say, well, this sounds like an impossible task then. How do we get through to them? I told you, pray. Y'all didn't listen, did you? No. <laughs> okay. right. no. That's the reason you need to pray. It's not just, no, Lord, help me find all the right thing to say, and please don't let anybody hit me. Okay. <laughs> See, a lot of times we are talking about ourselves, is what I want to say, okay? And that's okay, but don't stop there. Yes, you want to pray protection over yourself. Yes, you want to pray that you say the right thing, that you don't put your foot in your mouth. However, all of that is useless if the ground isn't prepared. You have your seed, you have your shovel, and you go and, and, and you hit concrete. Now what? <laughs> go pray until the concrete turns to, you know, something that you can get at. Amen? Do, do you see the, do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Okay. These verses are telling us something very important. The Apostle John is telling us something very important. That you will have trouble getting through to people out there. That they are being influenced by a system and a world that is constantly speaking to them their language. And a language they've known since they were born. See, you've learned another langu language since you were born again. You now speak two languages. You are multilingual. No. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you speak world and you speak... Okay? No, you know, we have to because we're, we're dealing with the world. We need to know how to speak to them. But the interesting, the sad thing is they don't know how to speak to us. We literally speak two languages. We have a dual citizenship and dual language as well. Amen? And so you need to be careful, you know, when I was first, uh, I don't have time for this, but anyway, let me just share this very quickly. When I first was, you know, learning English, I didn't know when I would be speaking Sri Lankan and when I was speaking English. Because in my brain, you know, it was, it was all kind of, I couldn't quite figure it out. So I would say half a sentence in English and finish it in Sri Lankan. And so I'd look at somebody and they're kind of puzzled. They, they kind of don't know what I said after, you know, the middle part. Which is what happens to us when we're ministering to people sometimes. Get it? If they're looking puzzled, you, you, you switch languages. You need to say, let me go back for a minute. Uh, let me explain that to you. <laughs> Amen? And say, God, give me something. Trust me, he will. Amen. He's a good boss. All right. I, I need to finish this verse at least today. So I'll, I'll, one more thing. The reverse is also true. You need to understand this. I know I'm finished. All right. <laughs> Not only do they see what we do as foolish, but to those of us who have had our minds renewed to God's word and God's ways, we see a lot of what the world does as foolish. With the Apostle Paul saying, and I'll finish with this verse, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 19, the first part of it anyway, he says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. Amen. The wisdom of this world is foolishness. If it is foolishness in God's sight, then as God's children, it's foolishness to us as well. That's why we look at the world and, you know, we, because our minds have been renewed, we understand why the world thinks that way. We do, because we, we used to think that way. But some of us are so far into the world, it's a little, you know, it's a dot in our rearview mirror, if I could put it that way, okay? And it's a little bit hard to go that far back. 
Be careful that you don't let go of too many things that you can't then go back and understand why somebody's struggling with something either. Amen? As far, as much as we go forward, and we need to move forward and upward. Hallelujah. We need to go from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith. But at the same time, understand why somebody beginning this journey or not even in this journey yet, trying to get in there, may have difficulty understanding because we are so far. You know, I have seen this happen where people that have been so far into the, you know, things of God, every word that comes out of their mouth is something that is, you know, it's very Christianese, if I could say that. And it, you know, it turns people off. You need to, you know, you need to watch out how you're talking around people. Just because you sound all holy, it doesn't impress them. Don't become a Pharisee, <laughs> okay? You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, be normal. On the inside, you can be all toward God. On the outside, you do need to care for them. Amen? All right. Let's leave it there because we're going to move on to verse 6, where the Apostle John begins by saying, we are of God. <laughs> Amen. So he's saying, listen, they're of the world, we're of God. And the rest you'll get next week. Amen. Okay, let's have every head bowed and right close. <laughs> Father, we thank you today for your word and we thank you, Father, for the wisdom and the revelation.